Today, we're watching Star Trek, The Next Generation. When a crew death rocks the Enterprise, Picard must deliver the news to the officer's son. But when the crewman is seemingly back from the dead, Picard will have to save the boy and his ship. From October 21st, 1989, it's Season 3, Episode 5, The Bonding, or You're Not My Real Dead Mom. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) I'm Cam. That's Dan. And this one's a doozy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. human enough <laughs> did I, when have i referred to you as subhuman while the microphones are on <laughs> never <laughs> just just take it like a normal person <laughs> I, i'm sure i'm sure i've said that to you that sounds exactly yes, like me <laughs> my dan impression's getting pretty good it is just act don't don't yell at me just <laughs> Take it back. Take it like a normal person. Uh, minus five decibels. Minus five. <laughs> it's one of my favorite end credit bits. So good. Cameron. <laughs> Daniel. If you described this episode on paper, I think the vast majority of the summary would be dedicated to the seeming resurrection of uh this officer but so much more happens there's so many other scenes and conversations and in a lot of ways it's a quiet kind of smaller episode it's a lot of contemplation it's a lot of brevity a lot of deference due a lot of shit that's been brewing for three seasons we're finally talking about so this one's got uh don't let don't let that summary fool you as Cameron will get to in the thing here, there's 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 some stuff going on. It's it's lovely. I mean, I honestly haven't seen this one since my dad passed away, and I thought they handled this whole situation beautifully. I mean, I honestly was more moved than I ever have been, but just the way that, you know, because it could have been tactless. It could have been tasteless. It could have been... <clears throat> Ham-fisted. It was just, I mean, it could have been ham-fisted, absolutely. And it was, it was lovely. So, yeah. I mean, it's a doozy emotionally, especially if you've lost a loved one recently. Or not recently, you know, it never goes away. But it's, they handle some shit and they handle it well. So, here's the thing. On Stardate 43198.7. While investigating a planet once occupied the Koinonians, Worf and members of the Enterprise Way team trigger an ancient mine. They are transported to sickbay, but Lieutenant Marla Astor is dead. Red, the sweetest guest spot ever. Dead makeup and then dead ghost mom makeup? Yeah. <laughs> so good. Anyway, as Captain Picard deli- delivers the news of Marla's death to her son Jeremy... Wesley Crusher talks to Commander Riker about how Picard has delivered the news to his, of his father's death to his mother and himself. Worf expresses his desire to make Rustai, 
a Klingon bonding ritual with Jeremy as they are both orphans, and he believes he can help the boy recover emotionally. But Troy, doing an excellent job of counseling, warns him that the boy will need to work through his emotions and to be careful. The crew investigates the planet, discovering mines that were recently unearthed and exposed. They observe a beam of charged particles emanating from the surface heading toward the Enterprise. Counselor Troy senses a new presence from the planet. In Jeremy's quarters, a physical manifestation of Marla appears, explaining that the crew mistakenly considered her dead and that she wants Jeremy to live on the planet. Troy and security follow the two, preventing Marla from using the transporter to return. They go back to their quarters, which has the appearance of the Aster's home on Earth. LaForge tunes the shields to stop a particle beam, causing Marla to disappear and the room to return to normal. A filament rises from the planet, striking the Enterprise and disrupting the shields. Marla appears and takes Jeremy, intent on going to the transporter room. Picard contains Marla with force fields and talks to her. She explains that she was one of two races that once lived on the planet. Her species, made from energy, watched the other physical species wipe themselves out from war and senseless violence, and her people wanted to prevent more suffering caused by the remnants of the war, thus providing Jeremy with the illusion of his mother still being alive. Picard and Troy point out that dealing with death is part of the human condition. Wesley explains to Jeremy how he dealt with his father's death. Jeremy expresses his hatred of Worf, but Troy points out that they are both orphans, and while Worf notes that he was aided by humans after he lost his parents, Jeremy decides to go with Worf. Realizing Jeremy will be all right, the illusion of Marla disappears, and the alien presence is no more. Sometime later, Worf and Jeremy undertake the Rustai ritual, and so ends the bonding. I loved it. Yeah, me too. I think the best part was all the conversation around death. Like, frankly, they didn't even need the fake mom shtick. Like, I could have, I could have sat through a whole episode of just conversations about death and grieving and military service and and the toll it takes on a family and what hearing that news is like yeah well and these people dealing with shit Worf lost both of his parents wesley lost his father picard is now an orphan because mama (laughs) drank herself to death and (laughs) she died as she lived incredibly intoxicated (laughs) definitely not good to drive (laughs) and Deanna lost her dad too yeah you know it's and Riker lost his mom yep all of these people who were involved lost someone yeah there is not a single member of this crew who is dealing, who's like coming from a privileged standpoint of, what? My family's amazing. <laughs> I was I was hoping Jordy would be like, oh, nobody's ever died on me. Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm the chief engineer and all, and I'm constantly dealing with controlled explosions, but I do a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. What can I say? You've never lost a Jude. crewman on my watch or my here because you can't watch. <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, I I loved it. I thought it was beautifully handled. And even the sh- even the shtick. I thought that yep. the aliens trying to make right was a lovely twist instead of, you know, having it be 
surreptitiously evil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, having it be this grotesque, a- grotesque accident, there was even, you know, some some element of like grief processing there, where it's like, oh, the illusion is denial. Um, the spirit, the fucking poltergeist-looking thing wreaking havoc on the ship could be anger. Uh, mm-hmm. The bargaining was just let him go with them. Uh, and uh, what are the stages again? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All I, I found you- out that they come, that they often cycle through and not in order, and they come at random. So I, I, and then they start all over again. Yep. Yep. Boy. It's super fun. Grief is, I mean, the best representation I've ever heard is that grief is a ball inside of a box and there's a button inside the box and the ball, when you, when everything first happens, the ball is huge and any kind of jostling at all will push the grief button and bring up all kinds of horrible things. And as time goes on, the ball shrinks and gets smaller, but the button's still there and some things still, you know, bump it into it. But Mm -hmm. the ball never goes away, but, you know, it gets easier to not. Right. Fly off the handle, as it were. It had um it had some of my favorite scenes that we've had thus far with these characters. Um, Me too. I I could have watched Riker and Data talking about Yar's death and how well did you did you know Aster? Like I could have watched that conversation for another fifteen minutes. Like that was Right. That was fantastic. And I don't know where this Gates McFadden has been hiding, but she brought it this episode. She's, I tell she's you remarkable. Um, and <laughs> hold on to your hats, folks. But even young Wesley Crusher, Crusher our dear Will Wheaton, um, he, he showed up. He came to play. He was not annoying no and he he was remarkable yeah the all the crew interactions around the death made me wish that we had had an episode like this for tasha like if they'd killed tasha in the first 10 minutes and then the rest of it was just grief that have been no i agree i think a much more much more impactful and uh instead of dealing with the monster yeah, exactly. I am I a bar- skin I- of evil. Ugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I definitely... I enjoyed getting some more Klingon culture as well. Um, along with uh, Picard having to deliver bad news and not shy away from it. He was, you know, he's being a good captain. And I think his unwavering support and commitment to having to follow through on it was, it was admirable. Truly. Yeah. No, I I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the vast majority of this episode. I did too. I mean, there's nothing much more to say than that. It was, it was truly lovely the way that most of this was handled. And yeah. Yeah. And Worf had a sick knife. He did have a sick knife. And candles that look like dick rocks. 
Mm-hmm. They only come in two packs. <laughs> There we go. We found the funny again, guys. We can't get too serious about how Star Trek emotionally affected us. No, we can't. Because we're men who like sci-fi. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's why. (laughs) Uh, But it wasn't all Uh, catharsis, was it, Cameron? No, it was not all catharsis. It was close, but it wasn't. What landmined your mom for you in this episode? Oh God, you can fuck right <laughs> off, Daniel Craig. <laughs> you really want to? You really want to get messed up? Go watch Onward, the new Pixar no. one. No, I'm good. It ends up. No spoilers. It's really just about the brothers. Like the dad coming back portion is like, it's the MacGuffin. Like, oh, we got to get dad back. But the story is just about a relationship between two brothers. It's really like what it's like growing up with, a, with a, without a parent. Um, and I cried like a little bitch. As you should. Mm-hmm. It's, That's it's, what Pixar does. It's real good, Cameron. It's real good. I mean, of course I'll see it. I, I've seen everything Pixar has ever made, yeah. and I love it. It'll make you want to text your shithead brother. <laughs> eh. <laughs> We're... <laughs> We <laughs> kidding, kidding. We referenced up at our wedding. <laughs> I know. Because it was true. After seeing up in that theater, my wife and I realized we didn't want to be with anyone else ever. And it's still true. Oh. God, I'm being God, I'm being sentimental and soupy this episode. Yeah. Fuck balls, <laughs> scrot up. There we go. Speaking of scrotums, Worf's makeup looked much better. I feel like they, the prosthetics are better this season. They are. And he's got some highlights. I know. <laughs> the skin was a better texture. It looks like he started exfoliating, maybe taking care of himself. I feel like after the emissary, he was like, I cannot simply rely on females from my past randomly appearing in order to get laid. I must <laughs> practice personal grooming. <laughs> To the gym. There is great honor in hygiene. <laughs> He's t- <laughs> there is great honor in hygiene. A fucking men, Worf. But yeah, he starts to grow his hair out too. Ooh, exciting. it's already started. Mm. Yeah. No, I like actually noticed. I was like, he looks better. <laughs> yeah, he looks great. He looks less less rubbery and more persony. Yeah. And the tortoise shell is less, it somehow seems more real. I don't know how. I mean, the subtles are very, the the subtles. The changes are very subtle, but it makes a world of a difference as far as his just overall appearance. Yeah, I don't get tortoise shell when I look at him. I definitely get like ostrich hide boot. Well, like season one, it's definitely a tortoise shell. Well, tell me, Dan, what what blew up your mom? (laughs) Uh, her children becoming liberals. Hi-o! Um, <laughs> I, I loved and hated the greatest Starfleet captain that we never knew, Captain Patches. <laughs> the kid's dumb cat, when they recreate his home, and the, the weird family videos where I'm like, I understand it's the 80s. They couldn't conceive of where the future was, but 
if those types of like stop honey don't film me moments are still happening to the 24th century we should just kill ourselves now humanity's going nowhere <laughs> that was so stilted and dumb i was like just have have the kid look at a picture or watch a video that's fine but like make it something futury, not just like every fucking thing i've ever seen from the 80s when someone's watching old footage of someone who's dead they always don't want to be on camera right now and stop filming me and okay reluctantly i'll give you that good shot that you can look at wistfully when you think about me i just hate that trope so much you have to remember that not everyone is like you who when they see a camera they basically get naked and thrust themselves at it Number one, I was paid very well for that time in my life. And number two, Uh I understand. I'm not saying that my taste is universally better than anyone else's. (laughs) Most people, yes, but not everyone. (laughs) What would you say, 96th percentile? (laughs) Given, um, I don't know. I work with a guy who didn't like Jojo Rabbit, so I don't don't know what people like anymore. Um, It's because you're getting old. I just don't understand these youths. <laughs> Although I Youth. gotta say, I really I think that TikTok is filling the vine shaped hole in my heart. There's some good shit on TikTok. There is some good shit on TikTok and some terrible shit, just like Vine, just like um, everywhere. No, the the main complaint I had was just it was a good initial twist. It was a fun act break moment of like, hey, guess what? Your mom's not dead. But I liked a guilty alien race over an accident i didn't like i didn't like that he couldn't tell that it wasn't his mom it seemed like they had no relationship it's just like hey you look and sound like her like she didn't maybe they absorbed dna or something but she exhibited no characteristics or familiarity outside of you are my son i love you come to me my son so the fact that he fell for it i was like I know you're grieving, but are you stupid? Well, you know. I think Dr. Crusher said it best when she was like, would any of us be able to say no? Would any of us be able to tell the difference? Mm. I mean, Kevin from a few episodes ago made it himself and was like, no, this is the same thing. This is totally my wife. Kevin. (laughs) Fucking Kevin. Fucking Kevin. (laughs) But I mean, I think, I think that's why that's still justifiable. I agree that it went on for a little too long, but the fact that he initially, and even the third and fourth time was like, okay, we're doing this. I think that's, I think that's believable. I wouldn't. I, I do agree it went on too long. They should have just nipped that last part and replaced it with Mark Rubin talking about dealing with death because that was that was the best part. Yeah. Um, my big bone to pick with this is that Patches was a boy, and it's so incredibly rare for Calicos to be boys. I mean, who knows? It's the future. Maybe he was genetically engineered, but... Uh, you know, yeah. Cameron, I'm sick and tired of you making everything about how you're a ginger i'm i'm tired of it what calicos they're the you know it's a red cat no 
Calicos have three colors or more. What? That doesn't make any sense. There aren't camouflaged cats. Don't lie to me. There are camouflaged cats. That's not a Patches thing. has three colors. No, no. Patches yes. is white, gray, and black. The only colors there are. Oh, you know what? I might be colorblind. That's what it is. <laughs> Forget I said anything. Uh, have you been listening to the Waitress soundtrack? <laughs> have I? No, I've never listened to the Waitress soundtrack. I was going to oh. intentionally not listen to it so that I could then see it and be surprised, but then I didn't see it. So <laughs> now I'm just and it closed. Now I'm just awkwardly like, well, do I listen to it? I've also never seen the movie, so who cares? Well, I I like to consume things in order, as evident by this podcast. <laughs> The only reason you're consuming this as order is because I'm making you. It's true. He has tied me to a chair and is force-feeding me next generation. It's true. Mm-hmm. But you like every second of it. And I'm kind of into it. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say you're totally into it. Mm-hmm. Your swole pants say otherwise. Yep. The safe <laughs> word is edic. Totes, swole, knickers. <laughs> Totes, swole, knickers, eh? Terrible screen name. Hey. <laughs> Nobody would chat with you in AOL. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good thing I used MSN then. <laughs> His IM handles totes swole knickers. Totes and swole aren't even popular vernacular yet. I don't want to talk to they this won't. guy. They won't be for another 20 years. Yeah, right? <laughs> also, I really, one more thing I hate, I hate seeing Klingon written out in English because it's just garbage. It's just random capitalizations and it just doesn't. No, I don't. It's I don't need to, that. It's to do the emphasis. I don't want it. I don't like it. I don't need it. Give me the just. Well, I guess Klingon scrolling text. Like show it to me in Klingon. Already such a snob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, shall we quote it? Yeah. No guarantees on me holding out emotionally, but let's do this. Cameron. Yes, Dan. If you want to cry, you go ahead and cry. I will. Thank you. I'll do the same. I'm told that your father is also dead. Yes, sir. He died five years ago in a Rishton infection. I'm all alone now, sir. Jeremy, on the Starship Enterprise, no one is alone. No one. Mother isn't here now. Now you're on your own. <laughs> Fucking Sondheim. Right. <laughs> Do you want to be Data or Riker? Ugh, I'll be Riker, even though you're Riker in real life. Yeah, also, <laughs> BG Dubs, Riker totally had sex with, with Aster. Oh, totally. Like a thousand percent. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that was implicitly in the subtext. Oh, 100%. Anyways. <laughs> putting, on my, putting on my data. Mm-hmm. Since her death, I have been asked several times to define how well I knew Lieutenant Astor. And I heard you ask Wesley on the bridge how well he knew Jeremy. Does the question of familiarity have some bearing on death? Do you remember how we all felt when Tasha died? I do not sense the same feelings of absence that I associate with Lieutenant Yar, although I cannot say precisely why. Just human nature, Data. Human nature, sir. We feel more or less intensely when it's a friend. Hmm. But should not the feeling run just as deep regardless of who has died? 
Maybe they should, Data. Maybe if we felt any loss as keenly as we felt the death of one close to us, human history would have been a lot less bloody. What a line. That was a good one. Do you ever think about him, Mom? Your father? Sure I do. Sometimes I can't even remember what his face looks like. It scares me. It happens to all of us, Wes. Sometimes I can't get his face out of my mind. Oh. Loved that moment. Right? (laughs) Okay, I guess it's the Cameron Michael show today. I cannot seek revenge against an enemy who's turned to dust centuries ago. Her death was senseless. The last victim of a forgotten war. I, I really loved him raging because he had no place to direct I know. it. That was, that was good. Very passionate people, these Klingons. They are. <laughs> you didn't get to see that in the original series. All you got to see was the racism. Mm-hmm. The Fu Manchus, and that's about it. <laughs> uh-huh. She offers him everything. All we can offer is the cold reality of his mother's death. What would you choose? If somebody came along and offered to give back your mother, your father, or husband, would any of us say no so easily? (laughs) Your philosophy is curious, Captain. What is so noble about sorrow? I can provide him an existence where he will feel no pain, no anguish. It is at the heart of our nature to feel pain and joy. It is an essential part of what makes us what we are. It is our duty to make him happy again. Do you honestly believe he would be happy in this total fiction which you wish to create? What reason would he have to live? What you're offering him is a memory something to cherish, not to live in. It is a part of our life cycle that we must accept the death of those we love. Jeremy must come to terms with his grief. He must not cover it or hide away from it. You see, we are mortal. Our time in the universe is finite. That is one of the truths that all humans must learn. Ah. Oh, oh, Daniel, it was beautiful, and then so funny, and then beautiful. I like to really ride that roller coaster. Peaks and valleys, Cameron. Peaks and valleys. <laughs> so this next line is to you, as well as to Jeremy. Join me in the Rustai, the bonding. You will become a part of my family now and for all time. We will be brothers. If you look up how to do the ritual, I'll do it with you. Well, it's light candles and give each other sashes. Is that a euphemism for something? (laughs) No. Could it be? (laughs) I mean, that's up to you. Uh, And our wives. Huzzah. All right, you're up, up, Wes. (laughs) My parents had told me about the dangers of Starfleet missions. I knew it could happen. So were you prepared? No, I wasn't prepared at all. How can anyone be prepared to hear that a parent is never coming home again? Ugh, okay. Soch, jich, battles, hoch, soch. There we go. What does that mean? It honors the memory of our mothers. We have bonded, and our families are stronger. Soch, jich, balth, soch. 
I know my accent's terrible. I speak Klingon like a pedestrian, but... It's okay. You're getting there. Lieutenant Commander Jordi LaForge of the Energy Life Form Scanning the Ship's Data Banks. It's looking over everything, Commander. Going to school. Let's just hope it doesn't blow us to kingdom come while it's figuring out how to blow us to kingdom come. <laughs> ha cha 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 I think the shoulders are the key to Jordy, honestly. Well, <laughs> just every, he, he's, he's got a real shruggy, whereas Scotty would just get angry or, or just, just Scotty just like gave up. He was just like, I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. It's just <laughs> I, my bands. Oh, my wee bands. Like he was beside himself with, I have nothing left to offer here. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Whereas Jordy's like, well, I just, I mean, I'm giving her, I, you know, hmm? huh? What? Hmm? Yeah. Shoulders are definitely the keys. Yeah. 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 You're right. Oh, you're right. <clears throat> My moment. We deal with our pain in many different ways, but over the years I've discovered it's in joy that the uniqueness of each individual is revealed. If I can help a person back to a state of joy, well, my role has its rewards. Which sounded way too sexually charged. <laughs> when you did it. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, and now I'll talk to myself. Yes, he will. Serving on a starship means accepting certain risks, certain dangers. Did Jeremy Astor make that choice? Death and loss are an integral part of life everywhere. Leaving him on Earth would not have protected him? No, but the Earth isn't likely to be ordered to the neutral zone, or to repel a Romulan attack. It was my command which sent his mother to her death. She understood her mission and my duty. Will he? In time, and with help. Wesley Crusher does. He does. And so will Jeremy. <laughs> it was lovely. I loved the little council session in the turbo lift. Although, one thing I forgot to say in the negatives, the acoustics in the turbo lift are atrocious, and that whole scene sounded like asshole. It sounded like hot, <laughs> tinny garbage. I was like, <laughs> what happened? Did the soundstage collapse into like a, a tinfoil ball? What is... It's just... Pingy, <laughs> echoey, awful. I'm like, no one. The sound guy was like hung over and is like, it's fine. It's fine. Just keep going. I don't care. Like, it sounded so bad. I like <laughs> actually wrote down a note about it. Wow. I know. Ladies and gentlemen, Captain Petty. <laughs> uh, they call me Captain Petty and the Heartbreakers. Thank you. The Marlaster I knew is on and honored is not in this room, nor does she await you on the planet. She only lives here. Boop. And here. Boop. <laughs> Cameron. Yes, Dan. How many vicious ceremonial Klingon daggers would you give this episode? <laughs> Because I couldn't do dead moms. I just couldn't. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, re I really do appreciate it. Um, this isn't your other podcast, 20 Minutes of Banter. Nice plug. <laughs> Where you annually celebrate Dead Dad Day. <laughs> Hooray, Austin. <laughs> 
God damn it. Um, I would give it, you know, I'm going to give it four and a half. Wow. I, I enjoyed it more than I ever have. And I honestly did feel the catharsis, mm-hmm. which is nice because it's shitty. It's real shitty. Even still. Yeah. I I gave it a four for similar reasons. Wow. Yeah. No. It was I was gonna be like, no, it's too high. But even the even the the shit I didn't like, the the data Riker scene, the Wesley and Beverly scene, and the Troy and Picard scene, all of the scenes around the death were fabulous. They were so great. And Worf's one-on-one time, getting all ready to ritual and stuff. It was it was very good. It was lovely. Yeah. If they'd had a girl calico cat, it would have been a five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but this is... I'm definitely going to watch this again. I mean... I'm going to watch all of them again, but this one sooner rather than later. Yeah, I like this one a lot. Yeah, it was it was very good. And way to go, way to go, kid actor Jeremy. Yeah, he did a, he did a nice he did nice work. God, when he he teared up, it was like oh oh here they come oh god, look out for me, almighty water, your mystery. <laughs> It really was more like Into the Woods, though. Because of the waterworks. Uh, Well, Mm -hmm. we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. And rated it. Echo, echo. Echo, echo, echo. Which just leaves one last thing for us to do. And that's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. And for Dan to say, keep on trekking. One of these days, you're going to lean back and cough like that and throw your back out. <laughs> and you'll just be lying there going, help. Help me. Hold on. Let me see if I and then, let me see if I can channel that. <coughs> oh, shit. And then you'll have to, like, turn turn your body over and cough yourself right again. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, wait. That's rug burn. Never mind. <laughs> Okay. On store date, store date. Store date's on when store you and date. I go shopping together. <laughs> we have a store date. Absolutely. <laughs> little retail therapy for everyone, because fuck the planet. <laughs> a Secret Weapon Production.